This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Old timers fight over free samples. Public urinals. Potty mouth parrot. The day that Elvis died. And Rick's brush with Marion Ross. And and a celebrity Minutia Minute with uh, legendary disc jockey Bobby Skafish. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. (laughs) That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Ow! Yeah, that is uh, that is some rocking guitar right there. Uh, you're listening to Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. Coming up later on in this podcast, we've got Bobby Skafish, the uh, radio legend. Radio legend. Chicago radio legend, Bobby Skafish. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. I'm a little bleary-eyed this morning, Dave, because I took uh, took my sons to a concert last night. Who'd you see? Well, I know who you saw. You we saw, saw ELO. Electric Light Orchestra. And for you kids that are younger than 40, no, 39-ish, I don't know, who would not know ELO? Well, I'd say uh, Traveling Wilburys, you know. Oh, that's uh, true. Jeff Lynn. So that'd be the 90s. So... So if you're under 30, you may not know who ELO is. Yeah. Yeah. I would think you'd know who Jeff Lynn is. Jeff, I mean, Jeff Lynn is a legend. And he, you know, he, the show was really good. Uh, we were sitting on the side of the stage. I was talking to a buddy of mine, though, this morning. And he told me that the light show was really great, <laughs> which is a shame because I was on the side of the stage. I didn't see it. Um, and I'm going to tell my boys later that we missed an incredible right. light show. I guess when you go see ELO. Right, the L is light. Right? Yes, uh, we should have known better. That actually reminds me of a quick little story. Yeah. Although it doesn't have to be quick. We yeah. have nose breaks. Yeah. We could stay here for exactly. all day. Well, Dane, you know the Cubs, I guess, won a um, great game in the bottom of the ninth inning on a grand slam. Of course. Uh, and he had taken Haley to the game. Right. And in the top of the ninth inning, they left. Oh, that is very undamed. <laughs> right. Because Haley's guys, let's leave. And it looked like you guys had one hit or something, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah. terrible. So uh, they get in the car and they're listening to it and they hear the Grand Slam. And, and Haley, who's 11, 12, yeah. she, just looked, <laughs> she just looked at Dade. Goes, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> she is a funny kid. Yeah, she is. She is a funny A miniature kid. Amy Schumer. But I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go on with your ELO story. Oh, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's kind of been a busy week for me. Uh, earlier this week, I met uh, Jeff Emmerich, who is the recording engineer for the Beatles. Oh, I saw your Facebook post. Okay, that's yeah. who you're talking about. So okay. I took our buddy Mike Medina, and we went and met him, and uh, got to, you know, shake his hand, got, you know, uh, took a picture with uh-huh. him. He he told stories about these incredible Beatles things. It was unbelievable. And, of course... I bought a Beatles tie, which is right over there. You, you like that tie? How much you pay for it? Like three hundred bucks? How much is this? That was only thirty-five bucks. That's nice. It's a nice silk tie. Yeah, and so I'm I'm putting my outfit together for. I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Uh, my niece is getting married up in Wisconsin, and she said that everyone has to wear a hat. Right. Okay, so. Sure. I, what about a Cubs hat? You've well, got, so that's all I've got. Right. That's all I have is Cubs hats. And she specifically said in the email, no, no, Cub base, hats, no baseball hats. Okay. <laughs> I think it might have been, you know, yeah, comma, comma Rick. Comma right, Rick, right, right. yes. <clears throat> 
But anyway, I went to Kohl's and I bought my first fedora. And it's great. It looks wonderful. Thank you. 14 bucks. I think I'm going to start wearing a fedora. I I, I need to, at age 50, soon to be five, I need an image. I have no image. I'm t-shirt and shorts guy. Well, you can have this after I'm done with it for this weekend. No, I'm going to blaze my own trail. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is, and I didn't discover this until after I bought the fedora, and I took a picture of myself in the fedora. Uh, people started pointing out to me, you know, that's a Blues Brothers fedora because it's just a plain black fedora. Mm-hmm. And my suit is a plain black suit, and my Beatles tie is a p- plain black tie. So you're going to look like Elwood, is what you're See, saying. that's what I thought. But everyone tells me that I look like Belushi, <laughs> which is what is really making me mad. <laughs> right, right. The, a, thin, a very thin fit Belushi. I'm I mean, sure. there's two guys. Clearly, there's two guys. You could say Aykroyd. You could say it. You know, a, a fat Aykroyd today. Yeah, right. But not a 1974. It's Elway. not cool. Yeah. That is not well, cool. Well, let the record show. I went. To the Aykroyd character. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that very much. You're the first one. Well, have fun at the wedding. And I understand next week you have a memorial service. You haven't had one in a long time, have you? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been uh, been a little lax in that area. Is it uh, it now that your family... Well, there was a period that you were going to, what, three of these a week? Memorial services with your family? Yeah. No, my mom doesn't take me all the time now. You know, sometimes my sister gets to go, and so... Gets to go. Yeah. Like, it's, honey, let's go to Great America. <laughs> uh, so would you like to do some minutiae? Yeah, cue the, uh, cue the tape, would you? This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. That's a little loud. Uh, technical issues with Rick and Dave. Okay, go ahead. You're not a uh, Costco family, are you? No. Okay, you guys will want you you know what Costco is. You have you been in a Costco before? I have been. We tried it. And okay, I don't know the uh, the seven hundred pounds of baked beans was I don't know. I, I just it didn't didn't Wasteful. appeal to me. Yes. Well, um, you you're familiar with the sample, like they have the little carts of samples. Sure. Yeah. Um, well. And, they uh, do that at Maggiano's now too. They have samples. Yeah, but Costco. Know. That's a, I know. It's like Costco's a buffet, right? Famous for it. Yeah. Um, and you know, as an adult, and I've seen, I've personal experiences. I've I've waited fifteen minutes for like a you know eighth of a pizza puff, <laughs> right? You just wait in line. If it's free, screw it. There's no opportunity cost. I mean, the opportunity costs for are are not sure computed, right? Yeah. What's the downside? Uh, and let the record also show that I am extremely polite and cheerful to all the ladies that are behind the, or not, I shouldn't gender be specific, but you know, all the people that run these stands, yeah. I am like the nicest guy. Too. I believe that. Right. And I ask questions. How's your day going? Yeah. You know, who's the most famous person you've ever given <laughs> a, you know, a piece of bread encrusted tilapia to, you know, how, how do they make these meatballs? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, you know, deli counter people and Costco sample jockeys love me. Yeah. I'm huge with these guys. Well, and for people that are at Costco and what I had just alluded to is that you do, you do wait in line for long periods of time for, you know, like a piece of cheese on a stick. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, this led to a little issue in Greensville, South Carolina. Okay. Headline out of South Carolina, free samples at Costco leads to fight between senior citizens. <laughs> Free samples. A, you know what? Adding the senior citizen. <laughs> it makes it funny, doesn't it? It does. Right, right. <laughs> Free samples briefly turned a Costco warehouse club into a fight club for two senior citizens. 
The state newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina, cites a July 26th Greenville police report saying it began when a 72-year-old man cut ahead of a 70-year-old man who was waiting for a complimentary piece of cheese. First, there were angry words. (laughs) It really was cheese. It was cheese. First, there were angry words exchanged, then punches. Police say the cheeseburger stand worker yeah. confirmed the Hawaiian shirt-clad 72-year-old. Oh, that's another wrinkle. <laughs> You're adding right. new wrinkles. Hawaii. You know what? That's me in 25 years. <laughs> it it's, is. Come on. Hey, uh, hey 15 years. <laughs> okay, thank you. Shit, you're right. Um, uh, so basically, the 70, 72-year-old Hawaiian shirt-clad guy smacked the 70-year-old, causing his hat and glasses to fly off. Possibly a fedora. I don't even know. <laughs> the 72-year-old said he felt the other man was going to be aggressive, and he hit him first. Uh, police spokesman uh, Donald Porter is seeking surveillance f- uh, f- uh, footage to sort it out. You know, that was my dad's advice on fights. Go for the hat? No. Uh, hit it, first? Yeah. If yeah. you think you're going to get hit, you hit first. And, you know, I apparently just don't have any feeling for when you're about to get hit. Because right. <laughs> I've never hit first. Yeah. I. Uh, well, this right, this... This um, story, this Costco story, reminds me of a story from my youth, fighting, oh. over, fighting over a ridiculous now, thing. Now, we should tell everyone, and I think we've mentioned this previously, but Dave was a notorious brawler. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Just, a, just yeah. a street fighter. Uh, a- absolutely. Um, you get a couple of juice boxes in me, and I oh am just... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he was known far and uh, wide very, as the, uh, the uh, puncher of Potawatomi. <laughs> Right, I was virile. Right, you don't cross. You don't. You don't look cross at me. I once shot a man for snoring. So this reminds me. This fight at Costco reminds me of the Stuart Coy incident, which I may or may not have mentioned on the podcast. Yeah, I, I think know. you've mentioned it, but go ahead. So when I was in eighth grade, I want you to think of this in eighth grade. Yeah. Okay. So under, we're talking 1977. Yeah. Um. I and and again, I was not nearly. Well, I was manly back then, but quite not quite as. Manly yeah. and virile as I... Hard to picture, but right. okay. I'm, I wasn't the lumberjack self okay. that, I, that uh-huh. I am right now. Um, so we <laughs> we would, and again, keep in mind this is eighth grade, at recess, me and a couple of buddies would go to the swing sets. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh, and when I say buddies, think of the rejects on yeah. the couch at Animal House. Right. You know, right. Uh, those... So this is Jug Dish. This <laughs> yeah, is... Right. right. That's my peer group. <laughs> okay. Um, and we would, go, we would go on the swings... And we would like, you know, we would be rough on the swings and we would, you know, twirl and we would do death defying sure, aerobatic yeah. feats, right? Um, so Stuart Coy, who was this big redheaded kid, uh, cut in line for me, you know, uh-huh. and, and you know me, I'm a warrior, <laughs> right? If I see some social injustice, I go after it, right? So I, you know, tapped him on the shoulder and said, you know, excuse me, Mr. Yeah, Coy. Mr. Coy, you... <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> I got an allergy, sorry. <laughs> uh, so I, I told him, you know, perhaps you are not familiar with the swing protocol, which is right. totally fine. Yes, but exactly. It, but I it's, mean, my, it's not <laughs> posted. It's okay. I right. understand. Uh, so he pushed me and I fell to the ground. All right. Yeah, okay. And then I got up. Then I got mad. Well, and did I, you throw wood chips at him? <laughs> right, right. No, that was this is the seventies. We had rocks. We, you know, <laughs> yeah, we had we had true. shards of glass that were sanctioned by the by the elementary school. Uh, so I got up and I was angry. Yeah, and I yeah punched him in the arm like a little girl. 
<laughs> right in the arm. Right, I know. <laughs> so it went like tink off of his big redheaded behemoth. <laughs> and he pushed me again on the ground. And guess what happened? You got up and you beat the crap out of him. I got up and cried and ran yeah. away. <laughs> so that was my uh, last sanction fight. So uh, we're talking eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if you should be telling this story anymore. Well, uh, a few le- a few months later, I received a Femme of the Year award uh-huh, by, yes. my, uh, you know, by my respe- you know, sure. my peers. Well, it sounds to me like you earned it. <laughs> Well-deserved. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, but I can see, you know, I can see me in 15 years at a Costco getting upset, especially if Stuart Coy steps in front of me for that pizza puff. Yeah, we're, there's going to be fisticuffs. So whatever happened to Stuart Coy? I don't know. I don't know. He won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. I, uh, he's president of the United States. I, I have no idea who he is. <coughs> okay. Well, I've got, I've got a minutia story for you. Uh, this one uh, is about public urinals. A urinoir furar. Uh, this is in Paris. Paris residents are peeved at eco-friendly urinals. Um, and when I say that they are public urinals, I'm not talking about like a porta potty mm-hmm. with a door. These are like uh, a pole coming out of the ground with a red box that is at the height basically of... Where you do your urinaling. The average male. They must have yes, done a the, study as the to what average the average French male, male right, which right, is, right. you know, like 5'4". <laughs> <Yeah, right>. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but that's, so it's right there. And and, and it's, you're out in the middle of the open. It's like in the middle of a public square. So it's like in front of like a church or something? or uh, uh, Yes. Well, here, let me read. Uh, one of the bright red urinoirs is installed not far from the Notre Dame Cathedral, overlooking tourist boats passing on the Seine. Uh, and it's caused uh, indignation. Uh, residents and businesses have written to town hall to demand its uh, uh, removal. Um, There's no need to put something so immodest and ugly in such a historic spot, said Paolo Pilizzari, 68, the owner of a Venetian art store. It's beside the most beautiful townhouse on the island, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it, go, it goes through here. But anyway, I, I've seen these before. I went when we went to Amsterdam last summer. Mm-hmm. They have them in the middle of, you know, like tourist destinations because people have to pee, and there's nowhere to do it. So, well, people have to pee in pee in America, but we don't have little mailboxes. That well, uh, I'm not saying out. I'm in favor of, it, but these these things are supposedly very eco friendly because they use them to they compost it and everything, mm-hmm. uh, um, and you know, so the Green Party. Uh, they're really into it. And I guess I understand it from that perspective. But can you imagine? I mean, you you probably could do it because you can go anywhere, do anything, you, and the whole bathroom <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Okay, the pee thing is one thing. What about what about bowel movements? Can we yeah. do that in those things too? <laughs> yeah, you would do it. Um, but for me, who yeah. doesn't even like to go into a public bathroom, Oh, this is this is a, a horror for you. It's you a horror. Never, yeah, uh, uh, and we were actually at uh, in Amsterdam last summer, and I had to pee. And the only thing that were you to a use, European? Uh, yeah, <laughs> European. Uh, the only thing that we could use was this thing that was in the middle of uh, the square, right outside uh-huh. of the soccer stadium, and there was a huge line. There were no porta potties outside, and we were about to go in. So, and you had and to do what you had to do. I right? had to do what I had to do. But I guess what I did? Hmm. 
I held it <laughs> for 16 days, right? I mean, I think I probably have the strongest hold muscle in America. Yeah, until you blow out a, you know, yeah. your bladder uh, yeah. and you have. But anyway, right. this is so even the French are like, hey, it's a little much. Yeah. And, and I agree with the French on this. Uh, that's a sentence I've never said before. Uh, we have a winner. Oh, fantastic. Bart S. Okay. okay. Ask me where Bart S. lives. Springfield? Yeah, I have no idea because oh. he didn't respond to my... After ah. he won the the uh, the contest, yeah. I tweeted him and he, or direct messaged him and he didn't... Did I tell you that I met a, one of our winners? No. Who? Um, at, a, at a funeral? <laughs> one of yours, I'm sure. Uh, and it was uh, one of Bridget's friend's father's funeral. Okay. And uh, I was just sitting there talking to a guy, and, and I was introduced to him, and he said, uh, you know, this guy, uh, hey, you guys have something in common. You you both do podcasts. And I said, oh, well, what's your podcast? And I, I can't, I'm sorry, I right. just don't remember. Okay. It's like Laugh Something or... Well, He's Dad, David Axelrod. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Axe Files. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he said, well, what's yours? I said, Manusham. And he goes, oh, I have heard it. In fact, I have retweeted... In be, been in your contest. Oh, but he hasn't won. No, he hasn't won, but yeah. he's retweeted. Okay. I like, I, you know, what are the odds of that? Well, you know what? I'm the guy who's in charge of uh, well, picking the winner. You tell me who that is, and maybe right. we can hook him up with a. All right, I'll, I'll try to figure out what the name of his uh, podcast is. Well, what Bart S. won is he, uh, and like Rick said, he followed us and, and retweeted us. He's getting the Balding Handbook, the most important book ever written. Yeah. Um, crying Cub T-shirt, the uh, future so bright, gotta wear shades T-shirt, as well as Truffle Hunt by Brent Peterson. Wow, uh, that's a nice little prize. Yes, exactly. And if you want to win, all you gotta do retweet and follow us on Twitter. We don't get any emails, do we? Oh, we got one. This oh, really? Week. What was the email? Did uh, you get it was from. Uh, oh crap! I right, keep talking. I I'll what I was gonna up. say is let's do an email contest too. The first person to email us every week. I'm going to send him five bucks. <laughs> no, you're not. Why not? You, what, you got, you just made out of money? Well, it's just one, one guy. The first person to tweet after this podcast goes live, uh, subject has to be, I want my $5. And the first, the, <laughs> it will timestamp it. And the first one will send him five bucks. Okay. What do you think? All right, sure. Uh, let me, uh, let's just acknowledge our first emailer because, uh, uh, I was very happy with uh, his name is Michael Rose. Yeah. Michael Rose uh, says, uh, I love email. Um, I have five different email accounts that load into Outlook. Plus, I create new accounts whenever I need a throwaway address. And I love Minutia Man. You must go to Taste the Polonia Labor Day weekend. <laughs> I'll be there enjoying several ice cold Oka Sims on Friday night and Sunday late afternoon. Have a great day. And that Michael that, Rose. That's not a Russian bot either. That's a real human that's a being. A real human being. Well, thank you. So, thank you very much. Um, I got something else. Right. Lay it on uh, me. Um, you're by the way, Bobby Scafish coming up in just a few minutes. Go ahead. Uh, this is comes out of London, and it's a colorful country, yeah. isn't London? It is. Um, fire. Is it, is it the Guardian? <laughs> you know what? I don't even know where <laughs> okay. this came from. Firefighter who tries rescuing a macaw parrot stuck in a roof is told to fuck off by the bird. <laughs> a turquoise and yellow macaw parrot from London by the name of Jesse 
has become an instant sensation for her rude behavior. She was recently stranded on the roof of a building, and when a firefighter attempted to rescue her, Jesse shrugged him off and told him to fuck off. Uh, really? Yes. Um, That's y- not very grateful. Jesse escaped from her home, and I'm not making this up, at Cuckoo Hall Lane. I'm not making this up. Edmonton, which I think is a neighborhood in London, I guess. Okay. Uh, and spent three days sitting on a neighbor's roof. When her owners were unable to rescue her, the Royal Society of the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or the RSPCA, were forced to call emergency services. The firefighter goes up, and the bird tells him to go get fucked. And she eventually flies away. And is not injured and returned home. Well, good for her. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of that word, mm-hmm. have you heard Paul McCartney's new song? No. You're not going to believe this. It is called Fa You. Okay. And and it, that it means what it sounds like it means. And it's it's a and and it in the song the chorus goes I'd really like to. You. Oh, okay. This is the new song from Paul, the seventy-six-year-old mop top, cuddly, lovable. Right, he was the lovable one. Paul, right. silly love songs, Magneto and Titanium <laughs> Man. Right. Uh, I kind of want to. I really want to. Fuh you. That is his new song. I'm not kidding. Is he? Is it any good? Did you hear? It? It's catchy. You know, everything he writes is catchy. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. But anyway, so that's uh. That's uh, all the news uh, this week uh, involving the word fa. Uh, uh, We have time for a few more things here. Um, I think our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So, Dave, I'm going to paint a picture for you. All right. The date was August 16th, 1977. The Cubs were playing a day game at Wrigley Field against the Pittsburgh Pirates that day. Both teams, now remember, 1977. Not so good. No, no. 77 was the summer where both the Cubs and the Sox were good. Until what? Until they... Don't get into that part. (laughs) But at this point, they were both doing well. Okay. Uh, This is right around the time that Stuart Coy is pushing you (laughs) off the swing. All right? Um, It's true. It's about about exactly that time. Yeah, it was. It was the same year. The Cubs were down 5-4 to four in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. Greg Gross doubled to center field off of Pittsburgh's closer, Goose Gossage. Hall Former of Chicago White Sox. That's right. Center fielder Omar Moreno bobbled the ball, and when he did, Mick Kelleher raced across the plate with a tying run, unearned run, but the Cubs were in extra innings. Now, nothing happened over the next five full innings. Then, in the bottom of the 13th inning, 15th inning, rather, with dusk approaching, Gene Klein's came in to pinch hit for Willie Hernandez, the reliever, future Cy Young Award winner with another team. Bobby (laughs) Mercer standing on second base. Klein skipped an infield hit towards Rennie Stennett, who was the second baseman of the Pirates. Stennett charges. Bobby Mercer tries to score all the way from second base on the play, which leads to to another pirate error. The Cubs win the game. It's exciting. It's the biggest news of the day. Everybody in Chicago is talking about it, except for... The news on TV, which okay. what, what is the day? August Cubs what is it? Day. August sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven. Seventy seven. Oh, Elvis. Elvis died. Right. Yeah. So nobody nobody remembers that Cubs game, but it was a very exciting game, and I've just brought it back to life for you. 
where the were day you, that Elvis died. Where were you when you heard Elvis died? I lived in Germany when Elvis died. And I, uh, just to be totally honest about it, I, to me, Elvis when at that, that time yeah, was, yeah. you know, my mom's favorite. Yeah. And I thought of him as the... Uh, the old know, people. Right. The, the fat Elvis, right, the right, uh, right, right. fools rush in, uh, can't help falling in love with you, Elvis. And it didn't mean anything to you. It didn't, yeah. I'll be honest. But since then, I have grown to appreciate and admire and love Elvis. But, my mother uh, loved In the Ghetto. Did she really? Oh, she loved In the Ghetto. It, she did not. She did, no. She loved, For real. She loved Elvis singing In the Ghetto. My mom told me stories about when she used to go to the movies uh, with uh, to see Elvis and all of her girlfriends. My mom is 70... Seven years she's old. She's Paul McCartney's age. She's Paul McCartney's right. age, right? So is she gonna buy Paul McCartney's <laughs> album and start singing the "fuck no, you" song? No, I don't think so. What the no, Did you just see the new? Then Paul McCartney's got a new. No, one. my mom didn't like the Beatles. She liked Elvis. Okay, right. and, and and they would go to these movies, and she said all of her girlfriends would just scream at the top Swoon, of her lungs. Right. But my mother, German yeah. lady, didn't understand the. The, the swooniness, right? Yes. And she loved Elvis because he was such a good-looking man, yeah. more than the music. She, she's unmoved by by the music. But anyway, that uh, is. I was I actually my mom told me I was out playing. That was when uh, you kids out there. That was when you went outside and played, and you didn't have. Uh, <laughs> well, you take your phone with you, right? <laughs> yeah, you, right. So I was out playing yeah. your Pokemon Go, <laughs> right? Uh, and. Um, my mom, my, I came home and my mom told me that Elvis died. And you know what? I don't think it made that big of an other. Yeah, I hate to say it, but that's yeah. it, it. Didn't it really yeah. didn't affect me very much now at when the we, time? Now, when we went, you and I went to Memphis and saw, and we went to Graceland. That was awesome. It was awesome. That was awesome. And I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. All right, it's time for our another feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity that I've met over the years, and I have to tell the story of uh, when I met that celebrity. Some stories are better than others. Uh, Mrs. C. Marion Ross. Okay, Marion Ross. Uh, and so I, have a sto- I have a story, too. That you have a story about Marion Ross? Yeah. I, it's probably better than mine. My, my story goes back to, uh, I want to say, the late 90s I met her. Uh, she was on Landecker's show. We had her in the studio. She was in town performing in a play of some kind. Um, but here's what I remember about her. When she would uh, speak to us, she had that tone of voice yeah, the, like a, like a mom yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like she's america's mom she's like the nicest lady in the world and we had to record a promo for john um and and I, if if i remember it correctly it was uh something to the effect of you listening to john landecker or wjmk um he's you know He's a good boy, you <laughs> yeah, know, right, something sure. like that. Yeah, 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 you know, right, sure. everyone thinks he's he's rough and tumble, but he's a good boy. And just in that Marion Ross mm-hmm. voice, it was just the most perfect thing ever. Uh, I met her in Champagne. Really? Yeah, it was eighty six, maybe I don't know, eighty six, eighty seven, um, well, probably eighty six. And she was performing at the Station Theater. Do you remember the Station Theater? There was like a no. It was like a dinner theater in Champagne. Really? Yeah, yeah. And she was just walking around campus before her show, 
And I said, I walked by and I go, hey, how you doing? And she said, hi. And that was pretty much it. Really? Yeah. Not really a great story either, but she was in, uh, she was in Champagne. So I said hello to Marion Ross. <laughs> like I said, not all the stories right. are good. And then I went to Costco and I kicked her ass Did because you? she she pushed, uh, yeah. pushed me out. That of the way. meatball is mine. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's time for our final feature. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, we have on the phone with us our uh, special guest this week. Your name, sir? Uh, I'm Bobby Scafish. Hi, Rick. Hi, Dave. Hey, how you doing? How are buddy? you? So tell everybody what it, why they know you. What What is it about Bobby Scafish? Everyone goes, oh, yeah, Bobby Scafish. I know Bobby Scafish. Mostly from the radio. I was on Chicago radio for 39 years. Uh, so it's mostly that. Uh, in the neighborhood, though, if I'm just, you know, shopping at CVS or or Jewel, it's just uh, I'm a guy who shops there. Okay. You're the guy who lives on the street who's uh, who needs to exactly. mow his lawn more. Yeah, exactly. Watch the dog, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Bobby worked at WXRT. He worked at The Loop. He worked at the KQX. Uh, am I missing any? The Drive. The Drive, of course. The Drive for many years. So that's uh, Bobby. Well, anybody of our age knows Bobby Scafish. Of course. Right, even a little guy. Uh, Bobby, ingredients on a perfect ballpark hot dog. Okay. Um, I go mustard, light relish, light onions. Okay, no celery salt then. Is that what we're saying? No. Yeah. Right. Ballpark hot dog. Ballpark. Uh, if you're true. at the ballpark, they don't even offer celery That's salt. That's good. Good point. Yeah. Point taken. All right, uh, Bobby. <laughs> the Cubs in the World Series or the Rolling Stones playing in a small club in Chicago? You have tickets for both. Which one would you pick? You know, that's really close, and it's a great question. I would go with the Rolling Stones because World Series is best out of seven. Quite likely that Stones thing would be one night. And also, I don't require really to be at Wrigley Field to enjoy a Cub game. Oh, that's All a right. great answer. Well, what about if it was game seven of the World <laughs> Series against? It was game or, seven? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Cubs. Uh, See, I've seen the Stones in all six decades. They've been a band from the wow. 60s through the uh you know the 2000 teens uh so i'd like to keep that streak alive if they're still touring past 2020 uh like i say seventh game that's close maybe i would go with the cubs there all right what if the cubs were playing the rolling stones at filling <laughs> stadium on... charity softball game <laughs> yeah a charity softball game Who's gonna get that? i would go see uh, that because <laughs> i'd love to see keith richard try to hit a ball right exactly <laughs> Uh, uh, best year of rock and roll music one year best year which is that you know for me and again a great question but i would say 1964 because that was the big bang with the british invasion mm -hmm. you got not only the beatles but the stones and uh, the dave clark five and the kinks uh etc so every, that turned the radio around from the chubby checker era to you know, to what we have now, essentially. So I would go 64. Okay. What about uh, your favorite rock and roller's haircut? Not not talking about I, on yourself, but on a rock and roller. <laughs> I would go with Jimmy Page in the early days of Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. And even through most of Led Zeppelin. I mean, long and dark with a little bit of curl to it. It, yeah. it looked cool on stage when he moved around. So I think he had a really cool haircut. I tried to recreate the Jimmy Page look. Uh, How'd that work out for <laughs> it you? It didn't work out well for me. <laughs> Apparently you need the right kind of hair for that. <laughs> Bobby, people can't believe it when you tell them that you love a particular musical artist. What is, you know, 
out of left field per se that someone in that you well if, if you consider there's country and western it would be the western part um the the sons of the pioneers i don't know if you're familiar with oh, them yeah. but it's it's harmony singing and it's what i love about the songs they they all reference western towns you know like Laredo or uh, Albuquerque or Wyoming or Lubbock or something. They, it, it, it's very romantic to me, the, the cowboy music. And I remember I kind of blew my older brother's mind when he asked what I was doing, and I said I was listening to Gene Autry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, so I like that kind of music. What about Guilty TV Pleasure? Um, yeah, guilty TV. Oh, I like the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> which, <laughs> See, you guys are laughing. That's why it's, it's not considered. It's not considered to be a guy thing, and I accept that. But I like the simplicity and the happy endings. Yeah, it's uh, so comforting. It is. I, th I find it to be. Yeah. yeah. I. You know what? I think I might have to check out the Hallmark. Uh, all right. Think. Think back. Ella, maybe elementary school, maybe high school. What is the name of that teacher that? stirred your loins that you had a crush uh, on uh, well okay grade school it was nuns so there oh, oh, oh okay that's not gonna principal. work <laughs> uh, you know high school we had a senior english teacher named miss o'hearn and i remember me and a couple of my buddies uh went to go visit her at her apartment which was totally rude dropping by unannounced just and, and she came out and talked to us so there must have been uh, whether I knew it or not, a little bit of a crush element there. Ms. Well, Bobby, Hearn, we yeah. have Mrs. Hearn right here. Mrs. Hearn, say hello to Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite non-music-related book? Um, there's a guy named Michael Crichton who's deceased now. Oh, yeah, he sure. was a writer and director. And he wrote a, a memoir of sorts called Travels. And one of the things I liked about it is he was not shy about talking about psychic phenomenon that he said he had experienced and his dealings with psychics and uh you know things things of that nature and he didn't make it sound flaky uh he made it sound cool so that's my answer oh, great. favorite subject in high school that's non sohara um, related <laughs> well you know actually it would be i mean senior year english where we read the tempest by shakespeare and other works that I would never in my right mind pick up as a 17-year-old, but uh, being required to read them, I think, was just a good discipline. And so uh, I'd probably say senior year English. What about your favorite beer? Around the house, Amstel Light. And when I'm out, uh, my corner bar tunes has, um, it's a beer that's brewed locally, right in the neighborhood practically, called Dovetail. That, that I like. Is, is that, that half acre? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Half acre? Is that half acre brewery? Um, I don't even know. Okay. There's a couple breweries on Ravenswood and uh, okay. Dovetail I like. All right. Most memorable brush with greatness story that is outside of the music world? Um, well, you know what? I saw Mark Grace of the Cubs at, at the airport in San Diego, and we both kind of just looked at each other and smiled, and that was nice. <laughs> and then uh, only just about three years ago, I was getting on a elevator at um, Macy's in Water Tower Place, and Terry Wood was walking oh. off. And man, he's tall. Yeah, I mean, I'm is. about six three, and and he he towered above me, and he lost all that baby fat that he had when he first pitched for the Cubs, and uh, he looked cool. Yeah, he, he's thin now, almost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
what is your favorite experience? Now, we mentioned the radio stations. This might be tough for you, but if you could give us just one experience from each of the radio stations you worked for that, that uh, is memorable to you. Sure. Um, I would say XRT, where I started in Chicago. My first night was in November of 1976, and that was particularly memorable just because it was the first one and the thrill of it. We were featuring Peter Frampton and George Carlin. Wow, and, uh, well, that's, was, a, that's was, an interesting mix. Yeah, sure, man. And it was an overnight shift. And when I got off in the morning, 5 a.m. or so, uh, first thing that runs is a public affairs program because those things are always buried, of right. course. And uh, I remember it had the, the little sounder they played in the beginning. The show was called From the Midway. And at that point, like, you're overtired, and it's, it was just kind of scary sounding, the sounder. And then I uh, drove home. I was still living in Hammond, Indiana at the time. And I was just driving home with this mixture of uh, elation and exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So I'd say first night at XRT would be my most That's memorable. a great story. Oh, gosh, thanks. What about uh, The Loop? Do you have anything? You know, The Loop, I, I hosted three national broadcasts from The Loop, and that those were all very exciting and memorable experiences. However, I would go with the more broad answer of just the camaraderie we had at the loop. And Rick, you could attest to that. It was just a great group of pros and, uh, we bonded and, uh, it was just like a really high level professional machine. And it was, (laughs) um, you know, almost partied hard, but we worked hard and, uh, I would say just the the, the feeling of the the group camaraderie at the Loop would would be standing out for me. You know, looking back on it, it's almost hard to believe that it existed, you know, with all all that talent in one location. I know, yeah. The attitude, there was a real attitude of professionalism that I liked, too. Okay. What about uh, the drive? The drive, um, you know what, there was uh, more than one. I couldn't tell you exactly how many. Uh, ratings books where uh, in the demo that we sought out, um, adults 25 to 54, I was number one in the demo in Afternoon Drive and several books. And to know that what we were doing was succeeding and reaching the masses like that, uh, I'd say that was my favorite feeling. Yeah, it never gets old to be number one. (laughs) No, No. it didn't last forever, but it it was fantastic when it was going on. So let's switch gears to your book. What did you? Was there something that you learned about yourself while you were writing uh, the book? my book? My book, which it came out in September of sixteen, um, called "We Have Company." It would be a phrase I would use when we were going to have musical guests in the studio. I think what I learned in writing the book is that I don't really like writing. <laughs> it always gave me it gave me like this nervous, jittery feeling while I wrote. And Rick, you told me something when I conveyed this to you years ago that has stuck with me because it's just so true. You quoted Ernest Hemingway as saying writers hate writing, but they love having written. That's right. And that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Love the accomplishment of having done it, hated doing it while I not hated it, it. It just, it's work. Weirded well, it's work, me right? out. It's hard. Well, it's work and it just made me jittery for some reason. Well, if anybody wants to read Bobby's book, it's a great book. It's called we have company. Uh, f- four decades of 
Rock and Roll Encounters, correct? Yeah. yeah. It's about a series of, of interviews I did on all those radio stations you mentioned with Sting and Robert Plant and Aerosmith and R.E.M. and, and you know, dozens other, and, of others. And I think you can get a taste just from listening to Bobby that he's had some pretty cool experiences and he hasn't even dipped into the ones that were so good that they're in the book. <laughs> so <laughs> I highly recommend the book. What what publisher is it, Dave? Uh, it's how called do you Eckert's it? Press. Eckert's you guys. Is that how you pronounce it? E-cards? Eckert's. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's right. E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z press.com. Yeah. And, and, and also, it, it could be had through Eckert's. It could be had through um, E-book on Amazon. Amazon. And That's right. The, it, the, it's marked down from uh, the, the original. It was 20. It's marked down to 15. You could buy it on Amazon. I don't know, 995 or whatever they charge. Okay. Yeah, and it is a great book. And we very much thankful that you went with us and yep. we very much loved working with you gosh dave it's been a great experience thank you all right buddy all right rob thanks again for being on the show all right dudes hey all go right. cubs i even said it go cubs, <laughs> go cubs. wow his, his ears are bleeding <laughs> so thank you very much bobby scafish thoughtful man yeah I, I, that that might be my favorite yeah. interview we've done yet uh yes he uh very good so um, if you would like to uh, meet Rick and Dave, you're going to have some chances here in the next week or so. First of all, I think this probably won't get up before Friday mornings, but uh, Friday morning, uh, Chet Kopik was going to be on uh, the John Howell show with uh, John this, and... This coming Friday? Yeah, uh, this Friday. What time? 6.35. Oh, because I'm meeting Chet. Okay, I'm, che- I'm meeting Chet at the East Bank Club Yeah, well, at 10. So, so just go in there early at 6.30 and take some pictures <laughs> right, for me. Yeah, um, so he'll be on with uh, Big John on on Friday morning. We'll probably have a uh, a link a link to it uh, when that comes out. Uh, then on Wednesday night we've got an appearance. Oh no! First of all, Sunday night Lee Kingsmill, who is the author of Safe Inside, another Eckhart's Press book, he's going to be on WGN Radio with Rick Hogan Sunday night nine thirty nine forty to eleven fifteen or something like that. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. Lee has a, a beautiful book called Safe Inside. Then on Wednesday, we're going to be appearing uh, for Beth Jacobellis. Uh, her book is called Cameo, and I better look this up here. She is going to be in Park Ridge uh, at Elemental Float and Cryotherapy. <laughs> really? Yes. You know, and I'm going she, to that one definitely. She's also going to be doing uh, free tarot card readings there. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to do that. Really? I, I want to go to see that one. So that's Wednesday, and then on Thursday, Richard Reeder, uh, who wrote our uh, book "1001 Train Rides in Chicago," he is appearing in Skokie at uh, let's see here at the Lincoln Terrace Art Studio and Gallery which is on Warren Street uh, in, in Skokie. And uh, Dave, you're going to be at that one? I will be at that one. And also, isn't he going to be on Rabbi Doug's show coming up soon? He is going to be on Rabbi Doug's show. We don't I think we've we don't don't have nailed down a date any. yet, so yeah. we'll let you know. Well, the holidays are coming up. You know, the Jewish holidays are coming up, so we gotta we got to nail that down. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, lots of stuff, lots going, of stuff on. going on, uh, and uh, and so you'll see us wherever uh, wherever books are sold. <laughs> well, our books are sold wherever <laughs> our books are sold. That's true. Uh, we have been produced by Tony Lasano of Opie Productions, uh, distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. <laughs>
The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?